Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast. Rise up, rise up, rise up. everybody, and welcome to the Midnight Ride. My name is David Carrico, and we are so honored and blessed that you're joining us for the broadcast this evening. Our broadcast this evening is the White Horse Rider and the Seven-Headed Dragon, and I will be here with John Pounders, and I am so thankful to be able to share the Word of God with you this evening. So if you're feeling the strain of this corona quarantine, if you feel like you are slowly being pecked to death by ducks, take heart because your relief is on the way because we are now live, live, live. What's up, everybody? We are live. Thank you, David, for doing this show once again. Uh, from FOJC headquarters, and uh, man, we are thankful to be here once again, and we're thankful for all of you that are listening tonight. Tonight's broadcast is going to be fantastic. It's going to deal with Revelation, and there is a blessing for those that look at Revelation, listen to Revelation, hear Revelation, and those that do what it says in the book. It says that in Revelation chapter 2, verse 1, I believe. And so we're thankful to do it tonight. And also, this, there couldn't be a better time to talk about these things because it is apparent that we are very close to this time that it's talking about in the scriptures. And so, uh, David, uh, fantastic. Thank you so much for doing this tonight. And we're, I'm looking forward to hearing it. Well, as we come into the time, which I believe is very near the soon return, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Bible just comes alive like never before. And I see this with the book of Enoch. We have been having such fantastic times with the book of Enoch because, as it says in the very first verse, that it is a book for God's people in the end-time tribulation. And the, the book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ to his people for these times. And the book is coming alive like never before. And it's speaking to us, and uh, we're just so thankful to be able to bring forth the Word of God on the Midnight Ride this evening. 
Very thankful, man. Hopefully everybody's doing well through this whole thing. I know, um, you know, we've been trying to get out and walk and do as much as we can, kind of get out. And we went to the park today and I, I fell in, in a creek, David. I fell down in the creek. I was, <laughs> I, I, I was trying to be cool. You know, my sons were there and there's this creek and there's this log that was across, going across and it was only, it was only about this big around. It was only about maybe like, you know, six, seven inches in diameter. And I'm like, I'm going to walk across this. So I was told my wife, I'm like, here, hold my water. And I go to walk across it and it rolls on me and I roll back and fall into the, this nasty muddy Creek. And so that's, that's what my day has been like, but I'm, I'm thankful to have been able to do it and not broke anything, but man, it's been crazy. And I know a lot of people are really uh, suffering through this time and we are praying for you guys for sure. And we thank you guys so much for your prayers and support through this as well. So. Amen. All right, David. Well, get us started, man. I got your got your uh, slides ready, and and I'm ready to rock with you. All right, and um, my voice is feeling better tonight than it was last night. I was um, uh, even croakier last night on FOJC, but I believe, if you will, I'll have you read um, scriptures for me tonight to help my voice be able to get through this. So, if you will, John. Uh, start us off and read the scripture in Revelation chapter 6, 1 through 8. All right, I will. Starting in verse 1, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. These are the first four seals, and these are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And we're going to be looking at the first four seals tonight, and primarily just at the first one, the white horse rider with a bow. And we're going to be letting Scripture interpret Scripture, and we're going to not uh, deal in conjecture, but we're going to interpret Scripture by Scripture. And in symbols, even always you take the Bible literally, even when it is using symbols, because when the Word of God uses symbols, the symbols will be interpreted within Scripture. So when you do that, you stay out of the, I think it's this, I think it's that, and you let the Scripture take you. And uh, that's what we're going to do. Now, Revelation 5 and 1, we want to establish that 
these horses are already riding. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say, um, I wonder if this horse is here yet or that, or I wonder if this is that horse and all this and all that. Well, these horses are already out of the barn, and we want to establish that scripturally. So let's look at Revelation chapter 5 and verse 1. It says, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. Now, here we see the Father on the throne holding a book. Now, in verse 7, here is a book, a verse that's very problematic, as there are many, when they want to deny the person of the Father and the person of the Son and of the person of the Holy Ghost. We have one God, but we have three persons that are called God within the Godhead. And here in verse 7, speaking of Jesus, it says, And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And then in verse 9, we see what happened. It says, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. So this is something that the Apostle John saw in A.D. 98. The book of Revelation was written within the window of A.D. 95 to 100, somewhere in that window. And this is something the Apostle John saw at the end of the first century. This isn't something that uh, is going to happen uh, next week sometime or in the future. In, it is in Revelation 5.1, I saw... John saw Jesus Christ ascended to the right hand of the Father, come over and take the book out of his hand, and these seals were opened, and these horses were out of the barn in the late first century, just a few years after Jesus ascended unto the Father. Now, we need to understand just exactly what they are. They're already writing and we need to understand just exactly what these four horses are. And John, if you will, if you would read the text in the book of Zechariah, chapter 6, and we'll read verses 1 through 5 there. And I turned and lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, there came four chariots out from between two mountains, and the mountains were mountains of brass. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. 
fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. In the first chariot were red horses, and in the second chariot, black horses, and in the third chariot, white horses, and in the fourth chariot, grizzled and bay horses. Then I answered and said unto the angel that talked with me, What are these, my Lord? And the angel answered and said unto me, These are four spirits of the heavens which go forth from standing before the Lord of all the earth. And what we could call these, to use an appropriate term, these are spirit horses. And here in Zechariah chapter 6, there are all of these horses, and Zechariah asked the question, you know, what are they? And the answer was given. These are the four spirits of the heaven which go forth from standing before the Lord of all the earth. And these are celestial beings. And, you know, we, we've talked a lot in our Book of Enoch study. And uh, in the Book of Enoch, we also see these metal mountains. And in Enoch chapter 52, when we were studying in our Enoch commentary, we see the metal mountains in the third heaven in the book of Enoch. But these are spirit horses. And here in Zechariah chapter 6, we see good spirit horses. And in Revelation chapter 6, we see fallen spirit horses, if you were, that are being released to bring forth judgment upon the earth. And when we understand that these are things that were released in the first century, as we go forward in our study, we're going to understand just what they had done, just what they're going to do, and how we can identify these four horsemen and what they're doing as they are writing. Now, John, if you will, read Revelation chapter 1 and verse 1. All right. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant, John. And the the revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And it's to show unto us that which is to come to pass. Now, how can that be good? How can it show people in every time period things that must shortly come to pass? And that's because when we understand these four horsemen, they have been riding, and they we're going to see that their activity has been escalating, and that each one of these horses is putting forth an escalation of activity that's going to come to a fever pitch. And uh, it is doing so even as we speak. And in Revelation chapter 19.10, this tells us exactly how we are to understand the four horsemen. In Revelation 19 and 10, And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And to understand the true spirit of prophecy, we must understand the doctrine of Christ. And the testimony that Jesus gave in his teachings when he was here on the earth, the doctrine of Christ, which is the plumb line of all truth, this is how we understand 
the Old Testament. This is how we understand the Pauline epistles. This is how we understand the book of Revelation. And this is just exactly what we are going to do. We are going to interpret the first four seals of the book of Revelation, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and we are going to interpret them by the doctrine of Christ. Now, John, if you will, do you have the chart? I do have the chart. I've got it pulled up right here. Um, I've, do you want me to read the comparisons of the first seal, second seal, and all that? Yes. Okay. You go right ahead and uh, share that with our listeners and give them the, the rundown there. Okay, so um, hopefully you guys can see that. I made it as big as possible, um, but if you're watching on a phone, you may not be able to. So I will read it, and it says, The four birth pangs of Matthew 24 give us the understanding of the first four seals of Revelation chapter 6, which are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Matthew 24, 4 through 5. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And this is uh, the comparison, first seal, false Christ. In Revelation 6, 1 and 2, it says, And I saw when the Lamb opened up one of the seals, and I heard, and it were the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow and a crown was given to him to conquer. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. And that's the first seal comparison with Matthew 24, 4 through 5, and Revelation 6, 1 and 2. Uh, Revel Matthew 24, 6 and 7, and we're going to compare that with Revelation 6, 3 and 4, uh, that talks about the second seals and the wars. In verse 6 of Matthew, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. In Revelation chapter 6, verse 3, we see, And when he opened the seal, the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given unto him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. Uh, now we're going to compare the third seal famines with Matthew 24, verse 7, and Revelation 6, 5, and 6. For nations shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famine, pestilence, and earthquakes in diverse places. In Revelation 6, 5, and 6, And when he opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts saying, a measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And now we're going to compare the four seal, pestilence, and death with Matthew 24, 7 and 8, and Revelation 6, 7 and 8. For nations shall rise against nation. I'm not going to read that one again. You guys saw that one in verse 8. And these are the beginning of sorrows. In Revelation 6, 7 and 8, it says, And when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was death. And hell followed with him, and power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. And when you just look at this side by side, 
And I think Sister Donna's even going to fix up a way to go to it and get a PDF to where you just read them. You can tell just by reading the first four horsemen with the birth pangs that Christ outlined that they're the same thing. Same that, order, same order too, which is pretty pretty cool. I never never have noticed that, and that's pretty amazing. Yeah, and you can go even further, too. We're going to focus on the first four, and mainly the first, but the next one in Matthew 24 in the fifth seal is the martyrs. And it just keeps going. It keeps going. And when we understand the testimony of Jesus Christ as the spirit of prophecy, we will have a sure word to give us the understanding. Now, in this next verse, in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 8, it says... All these are the beginnings, the beginning of sorrows. And this is birth pangs, is literally what this word means. And it is the, the birth pangs, just like when a woman gets ready to have her child, those pains get closer and closer and more rapid. And this is how these birth pangs are. This is how these four horsemen are. We've always had false Christ and deception, but now it's at a fever pitch, and it's going off the scale. We've always had wars, haven't we? But it's going to escalate to where uh, it's going to be just off the hook. It's going to be a war that's going to make the uh, first two world wars seem tame, and all of these things, famine. And this is the way to understand these four horsemen. They're all out, they're all riding, and they're all birth pangs. And they are doing their job on an escalating manner. And as the world refuses to repent and turn back to Christ and the Word of God, these horsemen are going to ride as a judgment upon a Christ-rejecting world, and it's going to come to an end when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. Now, let's take a close look at this first writer, and this will be the one that we'll focus on most this evening. We're going to look at Revelation chapter 6 and verse 2. I'll just read it again, and we're going to focus on something. And uh, it says, And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Now, John, you did a teaching on, um, I think, the Monday morning show here recently where you talked about this bow. And why don't you just share that with people? Yeah, um, so if you go to, and I'll just do this so I can kind of show you guys how uh, me and John were talking before the show Monday morning, and and uh, we were reading the scripture, and I was like, you know, and, and I've done this before, but it just, you know, when things are going on, it's, things start to click a little bit. So let me share uh, my screen with you guys. Hopefully you guys can see um, what I got going on here. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. I don't know. I'm going to try. So we're going to go to Revelation, let's see, or Matthew, or what is it? Is it Revelation chapter 6? Okay. Six KJV Strongs. I just want to point show this out to you guys here. Hopefully you can see my screen here. So um, as you go to there, let me go to the first one here. So I, I asked John, I was like, what does bow mean? So I had him look it up. And what is the word bow? And the word bow, when you pull it up here, is Strong's Concordance number 5115. 
and the word is toxon. And it means a bow here, and it's a prim word, a bow. But if you look up the word toxon in Greek, toxon in Greek, you'll see that it's a root word of where we get our word toxic or toxicity um, as well. Let's see. Let me look this up here on the Google. This is I wasn't planning on doing this to show you guys how I do it, but this is kind of it, it'll give you a way to kind of check the check the words that Strong's Greek website is really cool to be able to look up stuff like that. So, so I just kind of topped toxic and toxon here. Anybody seen anything toxic lately? I, I think so. You know, it's interesting too. This crown obviously is means Corona, right? Corona and crown are the same word. And this toxon is interesting because they, they basically, they used to dip their, their arrows in poison and that's where this word kind of um, kind of evolved from. And it, I, I can't. I, you'll have to look up the etymology of the word toxic, but you can look it up, and you'll see that it comes from the Greek word toxon. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it totally makes sense with what's going on. That's why before, when you look up a word like that, it doesn't. It's like okay, it means toxon, but you don't really think about it until you start seeing this crown that is basically given given power to a it's given a lot of power to a lot of people. Let's put it that way. You know, I, I don't want to speculate in who has taken the reins in this whole thing. I think we can kind of deduce it from scripture about what's getting ready to happen, but you see a financial shift that happened, which I don't know if anybody's aware of this and why mainstream media hasn't, well, I know why mainstream media hasn't picked it up. I mean, there's, it's obvious, but um, you have the federal reserve that now is not a .org anymore. It's actually a .gov. So you see that the, the government has taken control over the federal reserve um interesting stuff going on so there was definitely power the medical industry gained power uh there was a power grab that happened through all of this that is actually more dangerous than the than the disease itself that happened in my opinion anyway so uh just just an interesting side note there i guess david absolutely and in revelation nineteen eleven, to understand the rider on this white horse, we can understand by looking at the rider on this white horse, Revelation 19:11. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. So we see here in the white horse rider in Revelation 6, he is the opponent to the white horse rider in Revelation 19.11, and there's many people that have rode this horse, and there's a lot of people riding this horse right now. And eventually, the big guy, the big bad guy is going to get on this horse, and he's going to go for a little gallop. And there have been many antichrists, as, as it says in the book of 1 John, many antichrists. So this is something that's been riding, and people have been getting on this horse for a long time, and before long, the big guy is going to get on it, and it's all going to come to uh, a big conclusion. Now, when you study Scripture, you have to be willing. If you want the truth, if you just want to go along with the crowd, or if you just want to uh, follow whoever, play follow the leader, uh, you can come up with anything you want. But if you want to be disciplined, you will allow the Scripture to take you to truth. 
and you'll let the Holy Spirit reveal unto you what is right and proper. And this almost always, it's going to take us somewhere that uh, is someplace that's going to ruffle up our comfort zone. And can I can I say can I add something to that, David? Because that's such a a prevalent statement with what's going on uh, in the body right now. You know, there's a difference between a a person that truly cares about the flock and people that are there to scatter. There's two different kinds of shepherds. And the shepherd that is going to try to gather the flock to Yeshua, to Jesus, is going to lead you to the word, to his, his word that he has given to us, his undefiled word. And a false uh, shepherd, a shepherd, a, a shepherd that is there to scatter the flock, a hireling maybe, uh, they're going to lead you away from Scripture. They're going to cast doubt on the Scripture so that you don't have anything to test their word against, so you don't have anything to any truth to stand on. And so you have to be aware of that. When somebody's trying to get, trying to cast doubt on the Scripture, you need to be very careful, be very aware, uh, aware that they are possibly the evil shepherd ready to scatter. Um, you know, if you can think about, what was Satan's first trick? What was the first trick through the serpent that he gave to Adam and Eve? And you can imagine it playing out. You know, they Eve goes up to it and she says, she says, God told us we can't eat of that. And you can imagine the serpent kind of sitting back. Did he really tell you that? I mean, he told he did. He tell you that I come on now. He didn't really tell you that the, the reason he doesn't want you to eat it is because he doesn't want you to be like him. That's all it is. You know, no big deal. And so th- this doubt on the word, doubt on the truth, this is a prevalent thing going on. A lot of people under- know what I'm talking about, but it is, um, it's amazing to see this great kind of falling away taking place. And, and it really almost every Passover, David, there's a... Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus major uh, fallout going on. So I'm glad you're interpreting scripture oh, yeah. with scripture. That's the only way to do it. Yeah. And um, let's look what the crown is and let's let scripture interpret scripture. Let's go to Revelation chapter 12 and this white horse rider, which is the false Christ, the false prophets, he's got a crown. Well, let's see the interpretation of the symbol in scripture. Revelation chapter 12. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. 
And this is obvious symbolism. This represents the nation of physical Israel, the, li- the lineage that brought forth Jesus Christ. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And this shows Satan attempting to kill Christ as soon as he was born. But this tells us something. And it tells us something if we'll allow the Holy Spirit to teach us. This crown is a Jewish crown. It represents the physical lineage of Israel. And this deception, this crown upon the head of this white horse rider, it's a Jewish crown, if you will. And this deception hinges around Jewish deception. And we taught Months ago, we did a a teaching where we were talking about, and I remember at the time this really uh, caused a a bit of an uproar, well, quite a bit of an uproar, when I think it was you made the statement that the doctrine of Roman Catholicism was Kabbalistic, and it comes right out of the Kabbalah. And boy, that statement, you can take that to the bank if you can find a bank that's open. And this deception... It's a Jewish deception, and the doctrine that underlies Mystery Babylon is Kabbalistic Jewish deception. This deception hinges around who the real people of God are. We were talking on our last midnight ride. You were talking about identity and how Satan was stealing the birthright and the identity from people, the born-again believers in Jesus Christ. We are the elect of God. We are the Israel of God. Don't let Satan steal your birthright. This deception is Jewish in the sense that the underlying doctrine of mystery Babylon that's coming in through Catholicism, Freemasonry, Gnosticism, and into the mainline evangelical church, it's got that Kabbalistic undertone to it. It's Jewish in the sense of dispensationalism that robs the identity of who the people are. It's Jewish in the sense of this rank deception that is bringing outright idolatry into the body. People that are openly worshiping Barbello as God, Metatron as Jesus Christ, one after another. In the Messianic and the Hebrew root Bible, they, in the Hebrew root movement, they come out and say, oh, here's my Bible. It's the best that's ever done. Say God's name this way. And then another, oh, here's my Bible. This is the best one ever done. Say God's name this way. And could these be people be coming in his name, deceiving many with the name? I think so. And we have to understand when, when we will allow the Holy Spirit to show us the crown on this rider's head is a Jewish deception, and this is what's ushering us in to the big setup, if you will, for those that aren't going to pay heed to what the Spirit is saying under the churches. Wow, David, awesome. Amen to that. Big amen to that. Um, a lot of people don't realize that uh, the 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 religion of the serpent is this Gnosticism, Kabbalah um, religion. This is the, the religion of the serpent. This is the religion that says that 
Uh, our God, the God that created the heavens and earth, is evil, right? This is the this and this serpent is the higher wisdom that came to try to save us from that. And so we we have to understand that because all of the mystery schools, and you've quoted it many times from books, David, uh, in the from people in the occult. And for those of you that are, maybe this is your first time listening, David is considered one of the um, premier, like I guess, uh, researchers and, and studiers of this stuff. He's been doing it for thirty years, and he you've quoted many times that all of these mystery schools come from Kabbalah. This is the the original. Uh, I believe it is the mystery schools that the Nephilim practiced uh, in the first uh, before the flood, right? In the city in Atlantis. This yeah. is a this is a yeah. pre-diluvian science. And in the Jewish encyclopedia, you know, this isn't some kind of uh, a racist conclusion and an anti-Semitic conclusion, which is always what people are accused of. But in the Jewish encyclopedia, it says, and rightly so, that every one of the Gnostic schools was started by a Kabbalistic Jew. And they're proud of that because their goal, you know, it's almost like a newsflash to a lot of people in this movement. But the Jews rejected Jesus Christ. And when you deny Christ comes in the flesh, this is deceiver and this is Antichrist. And their goal is to weaken and infiltrate and destroy Christianity. And this was the role of the Kabbalist, and uh, this was picked up by the Jesuits. And it, uh, it's just the thing. Real biblical faith is what these people want to oppose and to destroy. Deceiver and an Antichrist, as it was put um, by the Apostle John in the Scripture. Now, let's go forward. And we want to just not read our Bibles, but we want to read our Bibles. And we want to look very closely here at the Word of God, and I want to show you something that I bet most of you have never seen before. And we're going to understand, and you see, um, the deep things of God are right here in the Bible. And when we really study our Bibles and focus on the Word of God, which is what we say over and over and over and over, before you ever pick up any book, uh, any extra book, non-canonical, you need to know the Word of God very, very well. Now, let's look at Revelation 13 and 1, and I want to ask you the question, where are the crowns? And read that, if you will, John. Sure. Revelation 13 and 1, And I stood upon the sands of the sea and saw a beast, Rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his head the name of blasphemy. Now, where are the crowns? And they are on the heads. Ten crowns, and upon his, excuse me, yeah, the crowns are on the horns here in Revelation 13 and 1. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah. And upon his horn, ten crowns. Now, let's look at Revelation chapter 12 and verse 3. And let's ask ourselves the same question. Where are the crowns? And read Revelation 12 and 3 for us, John. Uh, the next one I have here is 13, 12. Um 
Okay, I, okay, I gotta go back well, one. I got it. I got it I here. Think I got, I got it out of order here. On it's you. all right. I'm I got sorry. it. I found it. No problem. Here we go. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. Now, in Revelation twelve and three, the crowns are on the heads, and in Revelation thirteen and one, the crowns are on the horns. Mm. Now, what happened, and this is very significant, you know, this isn't some kind of a mistake that the Holy Spirit made, this isn't some kind of a mistranslational error or a typo, this is a very specific revelation showing us about how Satan is going to work in these last days. And why did the horns move from the head to the to the horns we're going to understand that before we're done and the reason why uh let's read revelation 13 and 12 if you will john and he exercise exerciseth all the power of the first beasts before him and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed now that first beast is the beast out of the sea, Revelation 13 and 1, and this is Satan who will one day enter into a human being, and he will be the beast rising up out of the sea as he was so many years ago. And uh, this is what he is. He's the old dragon, and uh, we're going to see this individual enter into this beast. Now, what happened to Satan? We know that before the cross, in Revelation chapter 12, this was Satan wanting to kill Jesus as soon as he was born. It didn't work out too good with him. And then Jesus was caught up to the right hand of the Father. He was resurrected. And then at the cross, Satan received the deadly wound. It was prophesied in the book of Genesis that the, the seed of the woman would crush the serpent's head. And when Satan received the deadly wound, it rattled his crown a little bit. And the crowns went from the heads to the horns. And we're going to continue letting Scripture interpret Scripture. We're not going to say, I think it's this, I think it's that. But we're going to let the Word of God interpret the symbols for us. And we're going to understand why the crowns on Satan's head, they went from the heads to the horns. So let's go into Revelation 17 and 9, and if you will, read that for us, John. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. Seven heads are seven mountains. Now let's interpret what the symbol of mountains means in the Word of God. And when the Bible gives us symbols, it will interpret them. And I could give many scriptures here, but we'll give one. And uh, let's go to Jeremiah 51, 24, and 25, if you'll read that, please, John. And I will render unto Babylon and to all the inhabitants of Chaldea and their evil that they have done in Zion in your sight, saith the Lord. Behold, I am against thee, O destroying mountain, said the Lord, 
which destroyeth all the earth. And I will stretch out mine hand upon thee and roll thee down from the rocks and will make thee a burnt mountain. And in the word of God, mountains represents kingdoms and kings. And in the very next verse, read Revelation 17.10, if you will, John, and we'll see that the heads represents mountains and kings, kings and kingdoms. And read 17.10 for us, if you will, John. And there are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. Now, this is also a scripture that is very easy to interpret. It is interpreted historically from the Bible. You can see all of these kings and kingdoms right in the Word of God. And at the time the book of Revelation was written, somewhere between 95 and 100 A.D., there were five beast kingdoms that had oppressed Israel, and we can list these. And do you have that slide, John, of the five that are fallen? I do. All right. These are the five that are fallen, and you see it right from the time that Israel come out of Egypt bondage. They're just right there in your Bible. The five that are fallen were Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, and Greece. These are the five that are fallen, and the one that it is is real easy also. The beast kingdom that was there at the time the book of Revelation was written, it was Rome. So we've got the five that are fallen, the one that is, but the Bible says there's seven heads. So who's number seven? And the seventh beast is spoken of very mystically. He existed, then he didn't exist, and then he's going to exist again. And we're going to read those scriptures for you. But let's just ask the question. Here we have six beast kingdoms, the six heads of Satan, who was the seventh? Let's see if we can go right to the Word of God and find who the seventh head kingdom is. And um, read, if you will, John, Amos 9 and 7. Are ye not as children of the Ethiopians unto me, O children of Israel, saith the Lord? Have not I brought up Israel out of the land of Egypt, and the Philistines from Kaftor, and the Syrians from Kir? Now, to appreciate the power of this, we need to understand who the children of the Ethiopians are. In the Table of Nations, and Ethiopia was Cush, and in Genesis chapter 10 and verse 8, and Cush begat Nimrod, and he began to be a mighty one in the earth. And what the prophet Amos is saying to the northern kingdom is, you're all like the children of Nimrod to me. You are Babylon. And, uh, you know, this whole thing is called Mystery Babylon after all. And uh, this is exactly where the word is uh, taking us. Now, if you will, John, uh, read Hosea chapter 8, verse 3 and 4, another very powerful text. Israel hath cast off the thing that is good. The enemy shall pursue him. They have set up kings, but not by me. They have made princes, and I knew it not. 
Of their silver and their gold have they made them idols that they may be cut off. Hmm. All their kings, yeah, you see them kings of Israel? I didn't have anything to do with that. The princes, nah, don't know them either. You see, they had totally set up a nation that was opposed to the living God. And we see this all through the Bible, don't we? Israel turned away from God. God would send a prophet that killed the prophet. This is what Jesus said, that the blood of the prophets is going to be on this generation. And in 70 AD, it came home in a big way. And people will say, oh, well, that's the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom, Judah. It was good. Well, that's not what the Bible says. Um, read Isaiah 1-4, John. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. And if you will, also read verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. And the word of God identifies both the northern and the southern kingdoms as Sodom. And we can see in the book of Revelation, chapter 11, verse 8, Toward the end of time, the same is going to be true. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And speaking there of the two witnesses. So this crown, you see, this deception, this Jewish crown upon the head of this white horse rider is making people think there is an obsession that if it's Jewish, it's good, and they want to jump on every kind of Jewish tradition, Jewish custom, and this is a huge deception. This is the ultimate deception, and we've got to see this. And if you'll Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts allow the Holy Spirit to interpret that symbol for you, it's going to unfold and you're going to see it. Who is that seventh beast kingdom? It is Israel. It's right there in the Word of God. And in this revelation that is being given, we're going to see that in an even more profound and a spiritual way. Now, in this next slide, John, do you have the seven kings listed? I do. All right. Well, let's just go through these, and I know that this is can be uh, uh, a little bit defuddling if someone and I'm, you know, I'm sure no one's heard this because other people aren't teaching it like we're teaching it, and uh, we're just letting Scripture interpret Scripture. But these are the seven kings, the seven mountains, the seven heads of the beast. Number one, Israel. Number two, Egypt. Number three, Assyria. 
number four, Babylon, number five, Medo-Persia, number six, Greece, and number seven, Rome. Now, let's go to Revelation chapter 17 and 12, and let's think about the horns. We know what those heads are, but now let's look at the horns, and we're going to understand why after the cross that the crowns went from the heads to the horns on Satan. Read that uh, scripture in 1712, if you will, please, John. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. And I know you've been studying a lot about this, John, and I know you're going to be coming out with a new teaching on it very soon, and we talked about this all the way back on our show on the Bloodlines, which I think is the most watched of all the Now You See TV episodes. Yep. Um, and in that, we talked, we took it up from the Ten Kings of Atlantis. And you see, these Ten Kings, they've been around even before the cross. This has been Satan's program of the way he has tried to usurp the worship of the true God to himself. And the Ten Kings of Atlantis, and we've got today, we've got the Club of Rome dividing the world into ten regions. We've got the FEMA uh, in the United States dividing it into ten regions. We've got many, many levels of this. We've got uh, the group, uh, I can't recall the name, but it was started by Muammar Gaddafi. It preceded OPEC of those ten nations controlling uh, the world's oil. These ten kings are ten kings without a kingdom. They're not, it's not the king, uh, it's not um, the king of England, it's not the king of France or any of that, but these are behind-the-scenes people. These are your Luciferian Freemasons. These are your Jesuits. These are your international bankers. These are people that are going to reign one hour with the beast. And since the cross, you see, before the cross, Satan had the ability to enter into flesh. In the Word of God, it says that Satan entered into Judas. Satan is a seraphim, not a fallen angel. Fallen angels don't enter into anybody, but as a seraphim, Satan can. And he was bound, according to Matthew 12, at the cross. According to John 12, 31, he was cast out. People don't want to believe that because they don't want to believe it. They're going to miss a very, very important truth. And in Revelation chapter 12, 20 and verse 3, read that scripture, if you will, John. And cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. Matthew 12, Satan was bound. John 12, 31. The prince of this world was cast out. That happened at Calvary. Revelation 12, he's coming back in. And what was the purpose of the binding? That he should deceive the nations no more. He could not directly rule the seven heads like he did before the cross. Before the cross, the seven nations, 
the seven kings, the seven kingdoms, they were directly ruled by Satan. Now he's doing it through the horns because he is bound and he is prevented from entering into flesh. But when he is cast down, the word of God says he is going to gather all nations unto Armageddon. And because people want to buy in to these uh, dispensational delusions, they're not going to see it. There's no way they're going to see it because they're too busy defending their false doctrines. But the word of God is clear. The binding of Satan is so that he will not deceive the nations. This is why the crowns moved from the heads to the horns. Now, John, I know you got a lot to say about the ten horns. Well, yeah. I mean, first off, we got to realize right now, too, that you know there's a kingdom at work right now that is different than... Uh, the these beasts, right? This the whore of Babylon. This is the rider of the beast that is actually in control at this point. Until these, uh, and, and this might be the, what we're seeing right now. Until this whore is thrown off the back and burned with fire, because the ten kings don't like this, like it, right? They don't like mystery Babylon. And it's interesting because we're talking about you're talking about Israel being. Um, the first beast, right? And you see it re resurrected, right? Coming back and Satan being the, the charge of it. And you have the 10 Kings over it. And what people need to realize in, in every one of those kingdoms that you mentioned, David, the same principality was at work over those. And you, that's why when in Egypt, when you see the 10 uh, plagues, this was for these 10 Kings, these 10 ancient Atlantean Kings, these, these Kings that were the leaders of the first uh, pre-Diluvian Atlantis. They were this ruler and with their daddy, which is the dragon, right? The dragon from the sea. And it's going to be really interesting. I'm really excited about it because um, this gives us a real full, like just understanding of what is about to happen. And you said so yourself, you talked about OPEC and you talked about that. And also in our country right now, we have uh, 10 divisions, right? 10 FEMA districts that we're in right now. We have so many things that are just starting to make so much sense. And I, and next week I'm going to continue on that with, with this David, but this is, uh, oh, yeah. you know, this is, this is a mind blowing uh, thing to consider because uh, I mean, what we're seeing is something that we've never seen before. All of us can agree with that. I don't care if you hate my guts, but you can agree with me that you've never seen anything like what's going on right now. And there's something going on behind closed doors. There always is because, uh, there's there's a thesis, antithesis, and then there's something in the middle, and there's also the things going on behind closed doors. And um, I watched a documentary, and you said Sister Donna had watched it as well, and I believe it was called Out of Shadows. And it was a stuntman that had uh, put together this video, and Liz Crockett and a couple other people that from Hollywood that um, – really put together everything we've been talking about for years, you know, about how the media is controlled by intelligence and how everything they put out since the time you were born to the time you are now has been programming to get you to think the way they want you to think. We have to remember this is what they've been trying to do all along. These these Cohens that went south, they went the way of Balak, they went the way of Balaam to curse you. Uh, and it's interesting because you see the Cohens uh, the, in, in Kabbalah and, and in uh, that they do this symbol and, and hopefully you guys won't see this uh, screen captured and sent around everywhere saying that I'm doing this, but this is the, I, I'm just doing it to show you. They do this symbol where they do this. It creates a shin, right? And you see all of these Illuminati agents that are 
basically casting spells to you. They're through channels, like channeling, casting spells to you. These evil Cohens that are destroying their brothers for monetary gain, for money gain. They are doing a revelation that talks about the that you have amongst you those uh, that are of the teachings of Balaam and Balak, right? You have amongst you those. And that's what we're seeing, I believe, in a full scale with Hollywood and with everything that we've been taught. We are seeing this curse being put upon us by who are supposed to be our brothers because we know who mystery babylon is we've done shows about that about about who it is and and who they are and what they control i'm not going to go into it right now in this show but the fact remains um they have been trying to corrupt our minds since the beginning and i was talking to a friend on the phone last night and i'll be quick about this but we were talking about, you know, is Satan trying to shut the churches down or is it God? And I and I and I said, look, man, I think it's God shutting the churches down. It's not Satan. Amen. Satan doesn't mind the churches being open. They've been a great tool for him for so many years. And he is not the one that shut this down. This is God's hand at work in what's going Amen. on. And um and to kind of bring this this full circle to what I was uh trying to say. Oh my goodness. Um I, you know what, David? I'm going to have to recall. I don't know what I was getting ready to talk about. Uh, so that happens sometimes with me, obviously. I'm a savant in that way. I can always forget things. So pretty cool, huh? <laughs> well, it is cool. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, one thing you can make sure of, uh, John is spot on. First Peter 4.17, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. It has begun, and you are saying it and over and over we've been talking about the 501c3 trap and this is going to trap a lot of people that have good intentions but this is why we're warning this 501c3 is a trap you need to get out get out now and position yourself to where you can fight to win the way god said to but you're so right there john you're so right uh, absolutely spot on and you see over and over in the book of Revelation, it says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And right now, the Spirit of God is taking the book of Revelation, and it's revealing unto people what he wants the church to hear right now, and the things that must shortly come to pass right now. And a person in 1800, they could have took the book of Revelation, and the Holy Spirit would have showed them the things that would soon come to pass. We have a living word and a living God. And Amos 3, 7, he said, the Lord will do nothing except he reveal it unto his servants to the, the prophets. Nothing he here is taking us by surprise. Nothing here is taking the Father by surprise. And you can be prepared instead of surprised if you'll turn back to the living word and let the testimony of Jesus Christ reveal unto you the spirit of prophecy. Now, let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. Let's go to Revelation chapter 17, and I don't think I even put this one on there, John, but I'll read this. This is verse we'll 10, and 10 and 11? 11. Okay, you did. Yeah, you well, didn't well I'm going to read this, then we'll go to 10 and 11. Okay. Uh, in Revelation 17 and 8, here's another fundamental understanding about the beast. And we're going to show you that there's two deadly wounds, and we're going to show it to you right in the Word of God. Uh, in Revelation 17 and 8, the beast that thou sawest, was and is not, and shall ascend 
out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition, and they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was and is not, and yet is. Now, this applies to Satan. Now, Satan, he was, but at the time the book of Revelation was written, he was not because he was bound. Matthew 12, John 12, 31, he was bound and cast out. He was, he is not, and yet it says in verse 8, and yet is. You see, he still exists, even though um, he, he did exist and now did not. He does not exist in our realm now. He controls it, but yet he still exists. Very profound. And this could only apply to Satan when we understand the deadly head wound unto Satan. And it plays out on another level, too. We're going to see from Revelation 13 specifically the two deadly wounds right there in Scripture. Now, let's go to verse 10 and 11. Read those for us, if you will, John. And there are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth, and is of the seven, and goeth into perdition. Now that's quite a verse, isn't it? Yep. Now we went through the five that are fallen, the one is and the one that is yet to come, we've identified Israel as one of the seven heads of the beast. But now we have something else introduced, don't we? We have the eighth. And it says the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of the seven. That can only apply to one of the heads. And that is Israel. Israel was one of the seven heads of the beast. At the time the book of Revelation was written, Israel was not as a nation. We remember A.D. 70 when the judgment of God fell and Israel was destroyed. So Israel was and it is not, but Israel will have – see, there's a deadly wound there on Israel – But Israel came back, didn't it? The deadly wound was healed in 1948. And was that a fulfillment of Bible prophecy? Oh, yes, it was. The fig tree is Israel, and everyone will say amen to that. But when you say that Israel is the cursed fig tree, no one wants to say amen to that. But you can read in Matthew 21. Jesus cursed the fig tree, and the fig tree represented Israel. And right after that, in Matthew chapter 21, he said, The kingdom of God is taken away from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. And that is the holy nation and the royal priesthood of the Israel of God. We are that nation. We're a nation without borders, and this is the identity that Satan wants to steal from God's people. He wants to keep people under this Jewish delusion and Jewish dreams to where they cannot see the truth of God clearly. But the Word of God is very clear. There's no other head that this could apply to but the nation of Israel. In 1948, the deadly wound was healed, and we see the eighth kingdom rise that will endure for a short time. 
And sad to say, it's not going to be there long before we see the judgment of God fall upon Israel again. That's right. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, a lot of people don't want to, they don't want to imagine that it's possible. And there, that's what, there's a big deception in Zionism. Let's just put it that way. There's a big deception there. Uh, people have really uh, put a lot of stock in the idea that they are holy uh, just because of their lineage, right? And and that's yeah. that's to say that you know they're all their lineage is legitimate, and which I'm not even going to get into that. But um, they put a lot of stock in that. And what they don't realize is there are prophecies that foretell um, of destruction in the land. And the New Jerusalem is what we are uh, looking for, looking to. Um, in Jeremiah 51, it's it's interesting. It talks about after Babylon has fallen. It says uh, in Jeremiah 51, let me see, I wrote it down the other day because I thought it was pretty interesting. In um, I'm gonna have to 50, Jeremiah 51.50, I'm going to look this up and read this. And this kind of gives us a glimpse into what we have to look forward to. I believe it does anyway. I could be reading into oh, it yeah. a little bit. But it basically says to... Um, you, when you escape this, I'm just going to read it because ads keep popping up. When you escape the sword, uh, consider Israel, right? Consider or consider Jerusalem. Consider that being your rest place. And we know that eventually we will be all be drawn back to Jerusalem, to the new Jerusalem. And uh, the Father tells us what it is. He's like, I, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when I come again, uh, you were, I will receive you unto myself. And my house has many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. So we have this. This new Jerusalem with many mansions. Uh, my my kids were like, "What what is it gonna be like?" You know, because we were talking about on Passover. I was like, "You know what? Any Passover could come, and we could be instantly told to leave." The father, the, the we could hear, "Leave, leave, leave," and we don't know. Just like in Egypt, they had to leave, right? They left after Passover, and I'm like, "We could leave," and he's like, "Well, where are we gonna sleep?" I was like, "Well, New Jerusalem." has mansions. This is where we're going to sleep. We're going to sleep in the mansions. Oh, yeah. We're going to be here serving the Father and serving the people forever, and we're and that's where we're going to go. So there's hope in that and hope and in, in praise and honor in that as well. And I hope I didn't go off too far off track there, David. No, you're right spot on, John. You're absolutely spot on. And I was reading ahead a little bit on um, Enoch 41. We get into the mansions there, too. It's, it's so true. It's so real. And... Um, it's uh, a part of our blessed hope, uh, that is for sure. Now, let's go to the book of Revelation, and let's look specifically um, at that double deadly wound. And just like you said, you said it very clearly, uh, that people have this idea, I've said it, you've said it, that if it's Jewish, it's good. This is the crown on the white horse rider. We need to understand it. This idea and this deception that if it's Jewish, it's good. That is the deception on the white horse rider. That's the crown on his head. That's the big card he's playing right now. And you've got to see through that or you're going to be toast. We'll just cut to the chase and say it like it is. And that's not to say that, you know, Jewish people are evil. Uh, there's much as, as a people, my goodness, they are uh, some fabulous things about the Jewish people. They're intelligent. And have done some marvelous things. And I think every child of God 
um, has to have love for Israel and Jerusalem, where Jesus was born, the land of the Bible. You know, that's not what we're saying. But this Talmudic, Kabbalistic addition of these rabbis that rejected Christ, by definition, the spirit of Antichrist, this is what we're talking about. And there are people that are just on fire. This is their agenda, is to take the things of rabbinic Judaism and mix them with the word of God. And this is the mingling. It's the mingling of the spirit of Antichrist with the spirit of God. You can't do that. You can do it, but you're going to pay for it. You're going to pay for it big time. A lot of these people would be better if they had never had opened their mouth. And and I want to point out that la the last uh, midnight ride that we did, uh, we we asked, we saw who is the Israel God, and we went through. And the Bible says when two or three witnesses, right? We went through verse after verse after verse after verse that says who is the seed, right? It's the child of promise, right? The children of promise, yeah. not the children of the flesh, but the children of promise. And it says in the scripture, not all those that are of the bloodline of Israel are Israel. Not, and it says yes. you neither Jew nor Greek or neither Jew nor Greek, male or female. And we have to understand that this is a spiritual thing. People are stuck on the flesh and they, they and when you're stuck on the flesh, you will live in the flesh. We have to understand that this is about a relationship with the Father, the people that he elected and ordained in order for us to have a relationship with him. These are his seed, right? The ones that obey him are his seed. The ones that look to him for guidance are his seed. It's not these people that actually worship false images and false gods. And we need to be we need to be preaching to them. But the problem is you're not allowed to preach to them. And in fact, most televangelists will tell you that you don't have to because they got a different covenant. They're different. They're different. Yeah. But here's the deal. The father yeah. tells us to blow the trumpet in Zion, right? He tells us to blow the trumpet and tell them. But what we need to understand is everybody, I don't care what nation rationale or uh, nationality, what skin color you have, who your daddy is, you have to make that decision on your own. It will not matter on the day of judgment because flesh will perish and pass away. We'll be given a new body. And we need to understand that his blood covers the sins of the world. He covers our DNA. It heals us and cleanses us and gives us white robes of righteousness. And we need to just accept that and love it and be real, be real about who we are. Go in the Bible and look at yeah. it. We are, we are yeah. the royal priesthood, holy nation that can go right to the high priest, right to the Cohen, the highest priest right before the throne of God. And we can approach it boldly. And so we need to remember that and think that so we can have power in our words. It says we can tear down strongholds with our words. Amen. Hallelujah. It's time to come back to Jesus Christ, Amen. and it's time to come back to the Bible, the real one, that is. Back to the King James Bible. It's time to take the Bible translations by Huey, Dewey, and Louie and throw them in the trash, get back to the Word of God. And just like tonight, uh, you, you have an inspired word in the English you, because it translates the correct text of the Hebrew Masoretic and Greek Received text, just like in the broadcast tonight, John took the word bow. And when we go to the Greek, we can have an even fuller revelation of what that is. We're not retranslating the Bible. We're not taking it in a way to go against the context it reads in English. But because we have the words in Hebrew and Greek that are even deeper 
than what can be expressed in one word. We can get deeper revelation through legitimately studying the words that God gave. He gave those words, so it's right and proper that we should study them. So you see, we've got it, and if all you do is get a King James Bible, uh, you're fine. And if you want to get a Strong's Concordance, you can look every word up in the Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, and you can study for yourself. You don't have to follow uh, and play uh, Spin the Moron on YouTube, because I tell you what, you do that, and you're going to wind up in the ditch. We've got to get back to the place where we understand that the only legitimate teachers with the gift of teaching are telling you that you can be taught by God yourself. You go to the Word of God, and you allow the Holy Spirit to take you back to what Christ said. That's what we've done tonight. We've gone to the testimony of Jesus Christ in Matthew 24, and we've unpacked the four horsemen by that. And when you let the testimony of Jesus Christ be the spirit of prophecy, you will hear what the Spirit of God has to say to the churches. You will have a living word in your hand where the Holy Spirit can take the book of Revelation, the book of Genesis, and reveal unto you the things that must shortly come to pass. We have a living word, a living Savior. We have a real Holy Ghost. He doesn't have a skirt on, and he will lead you into all truth and take you back to the things that Jesus said. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at the double deadly wound. And here again... I don't want you to just read your Bible. I want you to read your Bibles. And let's read this very closely. And we're going to see in Revelation 13 that there are two wounds that are spoken of. And this double confirmation plays out in such a way that it can't be referring to a dozen different things. It's referring to one thing, and it's very specific. Uh, let's begin, John, if you will, and read Revelation 13:12. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. Now that first beast is the beast in Revelation 13 and 1 that rises out of the sea. And this will be an actual man, and I, I say I believe he'll be a Nephilim man, and uh, I think he'll be a little heavy on the dose of Nephilim DNA in that guy. And Satan will enter into him. And when Satan enters into him, the deadly wound will be healed. Satan existed. He was cast out and bound at the cross, and he will come back. And when he enters into this guy here, the deadly wound will be healed. But let's look at another deadly wound. Read verse 3 in Revelation 13, if you will, John. And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. Now in Revelation 13, 3, we have one of his heads, as it were, receiving the deadly wound. In Revelation 13 and 12, it was the beast himself that got the deadly wound, but now it's one of his heads that received the deadly wound. Well, remember, what are the heads of the beast? We identified them. They are Israel, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome. There is only one nation 
that that could apply to. That is the nation of Israel. Israel was, it was not at the time the book of Revelation was written, but when it returns in 1948, the deadly wound was healed. It became the eighth kingdom that was of the seventh that must endure for a short time. It cannot apply to anything else but that. Double deadly wound unto Satan and unto the nation of Israel. Let the Spirit, let he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Amen. You want me to read uh, Revelation 7 through 9 there, or 12, 7 through 9? Yes. Okay. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was there a place found in more any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And Satan's coming back. Uh, he's going to come back, and he's going to be very mad because he knows he has but a short time. And his rage is going to be against the remnant of Israel. And people today in the churches, they might not know who the remnant of Israel is, but you better believe that um, Satan knows who the remnant of Israel is. And he is they are the ones that they have the testimony of Jesus Christ, and they keep the commandments of God. And you can see this persecution begin to rise. I mean, we've seen it right over there in Brother Hall's state, and it's just a little mild thing now, but you can see how it's going to go. You can see how this is a birth pang that's going to escalate right here in our nation, because this is the white horse rider. The white horse rider is going to bring the persecution unto the real remnant of Israel. And uh, I tell you, it's just happening, and uh, we've got to get ready. We've got to see through this. And people that want to believe false doctrine, I don't want to argue with you. Just go believe false doctrine. You know, just go on. Uh, it's too late to argue. Uh, it's too late to do all that. He that hath an ear, let him hear. If you want to chase after this and chase after that, just go do it. But just remember, we told you you're going to wind up in the ditch. It's a, it's a very serious thing. Literally, our lives and our souls hang in the balance right now. We're coming into some very serious times, and we've got to come back to where we hear the voice of the shepherd revealing unto us the things that must shortly come to pass. Hallelujah, man. And we can have this, this amazing hope. In, in this whole thing, this is going to be, even if, even if we, uh, are not kept through this physically, right. Even if we are, are allowed to be killed, there's a special place in the scripture for those that are, uh, taken out, martyred, uh, so to say they get to come back. They get to come back, uh, with robes of righteousness, right. And they get to, uh, make war with this kingdom. That's something that is, is um, you can't live that down. That's amazing. That's an amazing uh, testimony. So we have to endure to the end. There's no doubt about it. And um, just hallelujah, David. Thank you. Well, thank you, John. And I get, And we just want to say we love you all so much. Um, we're so thankful to be able to come on tonight and share the Word of God with you. Uh, we really do. Uh, 
it's very uncertain times in many ways, and um, we're just so thankful that uh, y'all are listening. We can speak the Word of God to you. We love you very much, even if you don't agree with us. We love you, and we're we're not mad at you. We just want you to see the truth, and yeah. truth is a person. Truth is Jesus Christ. Truth ain't this guy, that guy. But the testimony of Jesus Christ is a spirit of prophecy. The doctrine of Christ will set you straight to where you don't think you know, you can know. And that's not egotistical, because if we believe what Jesus said, John 8, 51, we'll never see death. It's just a matter of coming back to Jesus and the Bible uh, and letting the Bible interpret the Bible. That's that's it, it, man. That's yeah. it. That's it. Because we we yeah. don't claim to have all truth. We don't claim to know everything. Oh no. We know the truth. We know the truth. Right. We know the way, the truth, and the life is 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 Yeshua Jesus. We know that, but we don't claim to know everything. What we do uh, want our goal in all of this is to get you back into your Word, because yeah. there are things in there that are so powerful, so mighty, so just profound that can change your life forever. And you will not get that if you do not go to your word and go to your hiding place and read your word, speak that word. And it is power. It is power. It is truth. It is a plumb line that you don't have to worry about changing. It is a foundation. And don't let anybody, don't let anybody cast doubt, right? Just go straight to the father. And that's, that's what we try to encourage people to do. We don't claim to always be right. We just do, we do what the father uh, leads us to do we do our best and that's it and that's um we're just servants of him that's it and we we don't like i said we don't claim to know everything so you're right david we we love people whether they agree with us or not it doesn't really matter time to argue is over it's time to unite under truth and stand strong for what's getting ready to take place we have to have courage to stand people courage to stand yeah well i think it's time for a little pounders pound i think so so um so let's do it. All right. Uh, you go ahead, David. I'll, I'll count them down here with my hands. All right. So on the on the count of three, you can hit the like button or the dislike. And uh, we know you like it. We know you like it. So let's do it. One, two, three, now. Boom. Smash that like button. <laughs> pound the like button. Thank you, guys. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we enjoy uh, yeah. we enjoy this, and we're so thankful. And we have a Q and A coming up after this on the Midnight Ride YouTube channel, which is our backup channel. The link is in the description. You can click on it, go over there, subscribe to that channel. We've got little snippets that we're trying to put out every week, uh, condensed versions of the shows, and who knows what else we'll have on there in the future. So, uh, thank you, David, for bringing the word tonight and for just encouraging people with the prophecy because this is a testimony of Jesus Christ. This is a testimony of our redemption and our and His revenge that He pours out on the nations on our behalf. And so, we're thankful. Well, thank you, John. We appreciate you so much, um, you and Brother Hall and all of our listeners. We just love you so much, and um, we're just looking forward to being back here with you next Saturday night, 10 p.m. Central, on the Midnight Ride. Give them a big high five, John, and take us out of here. All right, guys. High five and good night. We love you guys. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up, rise up, rise up.